Hey, what's going on? Greetings, have a good day, and welcome to the 170th edition of Birds All Day here in uh, in early November. My name is Drew Fair Service, and uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different uh, episode of Birds All Day, as you probably would have expected. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Yeah. Yeah? That's all I got. I don't know. That's all you got. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, a, a not not a normal week. Uh, a, a very uh, a bit of a, well, it's a tragic week in Blue Jays land. Of course, um, we're recording this on Thursday, and uh, was it yesterday? No, it was two days Tuesday. Ago. Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Of course, uh, Blue Jays great Roy Halladay uh, died at forty in a uh, plane crash. Um, of the uh, everyone who's listening knows the details. Flying a um, a two-seater plane, sort of like a hobby plane that I saw described as a as a jet ski with wings, something that you kind of go out, bomb around, and flip and, and have to have a good time. Uh, and Halliday, uh, his plane went down, and uh, and he's now he's gone. Uh, he was forty years old. He's got two. He leaves his wife Brandy and two um, adolescent boys. So, in and of itself, that is a tragedy. You know, a guy who retired at thirty-six. And uh, seem to be having, a, you know, making making the most of retired life, living, um, you know, off the spoils that his his hard work uh, paid for or, or or provided, I should say. Uh, so I don't know. We're probably just going to talk about Roy Halladay for a while and uh, all the stuff that happened in the aftermath um, of his death uh, on Tuesday afternoon, no, like when it was announced on Tuesday afternoon. I guess the the, the crash happened, you know, right or maybe around midday on Tuesday. And uh, 4:15 on um, on Tuesday afternoon was when the identity, uh, his identity, was uh, was confirmed after the, they had come yeah, across that, the wreckage the press of the plane. Or, yeah, yeah, there was a press conference. So, the, so I guess the timeline was. Um, I I was went back and looked a little bit. It was right around 2:15 or 2:20, 2:30, was when their first reports started trickling out. Like, oh, there was a plane crash in the Gulf of Mexico. And then and the the ID tags the numbers on the back of the plane they matched Halliday's and then there was a detail that it was uh, there was a, there was one victim there was one person who had perished in the crash and then around four fifteen at the at the press conference they they uh, they let the world know what uh, was everyone's worst fear during that time of course it was an awkward that awkward you know hour and a half or two hours where we're or you're like I hope it's somebody else kind of yeah exactly I, mean, I, 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 I hope. I'm already, already, I mean, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, don't crack too many jokes, don't laugh too much about this, which is obviously a tragic and serious subject, but yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we were doing, we were like, oh, fuck, uh, I feel like, I feel shitty about this, but I hope it's somebody else, I mean, it would be a tragedy for anybody, we knew somebody who had, had died, it was obviously, uh, it was obviously not good, a, tra- a tragic circumstance for somebody, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, but then it, uh, after that sort of, uh, tough hour and a half, tough two hours where, you know, it would have been, I'm sure everybody was in their own minds doing the thing I was, I was trying not to do on Twitter, which was, mm. you know, piece together what we knew, how, what it pointed to, what it, you know, what we thought what it might mean, what that they, you know, that they were having a press conference that he, you know, and, uh, and, and of course, you know, I think everybody had, everybody who, you know, was aware of the news. I saw some people who, you know, what a, uh, I mean, it was a punch in the gut to everybody that was, you know, following along through that tough hour. Uh, but I saw people sort of, you know, jumping in, hitting, you know, going on Twitter in, 
you know, just in the middle of their day and seeing what was going on and, and, and being shell-shocked about that. And, uh, yeah, just a tough, uh, a tough, tough thing. And obviously, like you say, that was our worst fears uh, uh, came to pass. Yeah. I mean, it feels um, different. Of course, this isn't the, the first um, uh, uh, death, uh, accidental death of someone in the baseball uh, community in the last you know, few years. I could, Jose Fernandez, of course, uh, tragically died last year in what was um, you know, something that was very upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. Such a young guy, such a vibrant you know, spark of life, someone who drew people with his personality, with his talent. Um, you know, already we've not forgotten, but like Oscar Tavares and, uh, and Jordano Ventura, again, two young stars, two guys with the, with the world in front of them, um, taken in, in, in different, but maybe not that different circumstances. Um, you know, like those, those guys were so young and, uh, in, in particular, you know, Ventura and Tavares, um, you know, it happened in the Dominican. Uh, so maybe it, maybe it feels a little bit different. Uh, again, that, the, you know, they, 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 it's it's so easy to, I don't know. It's there's there yesterday the, the the timeline of it has been different. I guess is what I'm trying to say is that like there was this insane outpouring of affection and 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 you know grief and just people really. I mean, it may, obviously it's different for someone like you and I who have you know Twitter feeds and Facebook feeds full of Facebook uh, full of. Blue Jays fans, first and foremost. So, mm-hmm. in terms of volume, it's going to really drown it out. But then, there's just so many, so many people from all across, um, you know, the baseball world, or friends, or uh, people who wouldn't have otherwise reacted or or, or, or chimed in. Um, because I think because it, he's right in my mind, it's right in like the right, the sweet spot for that sort of outpouring of emotion where there was enough time to build up, you know, the sort of uh, uh, proxy relationship that we have with athletes, um, where again someone like Roy Halladay, who was so good for so long and such a an inspiring figure for all the things that made him who he was, which I'm sure that we'll get into. So it wasn't like about as much about a loss of potential, and it was it was wasn't that he wasn't at that same kind of remove for whatever reason. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm well, I'm rambling, obviously, but I don't know. It just seemed like mm-hmm. no. he was he'd been gone long enough. Like he had been around for long enough, but he wasn't. It wasn't like an old. He obviously wasn't an old old guy. It wasn't like he had been out of our minds for for long enough. He was. It was just right at that right point. And and again, of course, who we, who who it was makes a huge difference as well. But yeah. uh, it uh, it to me. I mean, again, fuck everything I say. I'm afraid is going to be crass. But no, it it it, uh, it struck me like. Uh, you know, you know, Prince is never going to make another great album, but it's still, it's still, you know, or David Bowie or whatever, you know, those those celebrity deaths that that moved people so much because of what they meant to them in their careers. Even though, you know, I, their careers weren't over. Going, I'm not, I'm not saying that obviously, but you know, in a in a similar mm-hmm. way. I mean, he was, you know, Halliday was uh, obviously not going to throw the pitch in the big leagues again, but he he was around the game and he was someone who meant something. Uh, to people in their lives and and uh, i think that was you know a touching thing about going through this and maybe you know a silver lining is is getting to reflect on what he meant and what the people uh that we all know and that that uh you know we came to this is a thing that i wrote about you know that we came to watching the blue jays uh with and 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 that we've met through a love of a team that was 
held up for so long by this one player, by this one incredible talent. You know, there were guys, you know, there were the Wellses and the Rioses and AJ and, you know, we know all the whole story, but for, but he was, he was the face of the franchise. He was the thing to watch for the Blue Jays for so long. Uh, and was that guy when so many people uh, that we know, people of our vintage, uh, if they didn't come to the game, I know, I know for me personally, you know, it was coming back to the game because it was in that period after, you know, the 90s were not good, not good here. And, and you know, there was the strike and the, the Jays were bad. And, and uh, as I got older and got more, you know, back into uh into watching baseball and into loving baseball and, and, and really caring about the team and following it and not caring that the team was mediocre. That I think that a lot of people did and, and uh, got back into the sport that for a lot of people, my age, uh, your age, our age, and, and probably a lot of the listeners, uh, you know, it was everything when I was a kid, right? I mean, you know, in the early nineties, late eighties, uh, it was enormous. And the strike really took a lot of the wind out of the, the sails. And I mean, especially in Canada, because of what happened with the Jays, what happened with the ex- Expos. Uh, and then for people who came back, started coming back to the game, uh, they did so at a time where he was the guy. He was the guy and wasn't just... It, w- it wasn't an accident that he was the guy. It wasn't just that he was a talent the best guy on a bad team. It, you know, he, this is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. This is an, an, an unbelievable... This is a guy that Clayton Kershaw has a framed jersey of and Tim Hudson has a framed jersey of and guys who... I think it was mm-hmm. McCarthy or Brett Anderson said, you know, it's, I think McCarthy said, you know, it's your, he's your favorite player's favorite player uh, because he was mm-hmm. just so good. So, you know, everybody knows all this, obviously, but so good, so dedicated, uh, mm-hmm. just such a hard worker, just a guy beyond compare in so many different ways. Uh, that we were really privileged to have there at the center of our fandom and at the center of this team that uh, that we watched and then and, and spurred you know his just being there made those teams and a lot of those games worth watching and helped spur a community uh, and helped spur Jays fans into uh, into re, you know recognizing each other and having a, more of a thing than than it sort of felt like it had been for the years before you know no disrespect to Carlos Delgado and Sean Green there were Blue Jays fans uh, you know all through that time uh, but it also you know at the time when blogs came about is another thing that I wrote I wrote about and uh, at a time where just the way the communities can organize and can people can meet each other online and and it all sort of came to a head in this era where he was the sort of tentpole uh and i'm sure that it, it, it was different for all sorts of different people i'm sure there's all sorts of reasons why people had such strong reactions but for me and for i assume you and for a lot of the people listening uh that's why like that it, that's why it was just so such a huge enormous thing i mean it's it's uh and like I say, going back to the silver lining thing, it was just to, to have that moment and, and it's wrong and it sucks that it comes too late of just recognizing the extent to which he really meant. And it's, you know, people, when people die, uh, some it's easy to get hyperbolic. It's easy to, to sort of create this myth. And I think that that's not what's happening here. I think that it really... Uh, this really was genuine what people felt about him and what he meant to people and what he meant to a community of Jays fans and of people and, and all sorts of people. I think he was the real deal. And I think that's why it has just been uh, really tough on people, really devastating. 
I think you you hit the the nail on the head, and and it comes back to something that I put in the piece that I wrote about it, which is like, uh, you you said it just now that he wasn't it wasn't just that he was good or great, right? There was something else, um, something that made maybe guys people who are your age and my age or a little bit older who who um, it made us kind of sit up and take attention or, or sit up and pay attention, and we 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 took notice because. You know, being a baseball fan at, at, at when you're a certain age, and maybe you're a, the strike comes along, and for you know people who like myself, I was the strike came along, and it, it wasn't that it pushed me away, but it, it was the timing of it. I was a teenager, so or get, you know getting into being a teenager, so I was doing other dumb stuff. I was running around and started work. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're working and you're and you're you know just doing teenage stuff, and you're busy, and it kind of slips out of, out of uh, off the to the periphery a little bit, but as as his ascent and his uh, excellence, it sort of it, it reattached, or it, it, again, it, it snapped us back to attention. And then you realize that you're watching something that was truly special. And, and, and the person that he was or the, the, his demeanor and just as the stories came out and, and everything was kind of revealed about who, who he was, which, in, which is to say there wasn't a lot that was revealed, but, but so much of it, his steely <laughs> yeah. demeanor, I think, was uh, it was just something that people really responded to. And, and I think what we've seen the last couple of days is, so that maybe people who are of your and I very specific uh, vintage, but people who may have been a little bit younger, who were who who came up and they were young enough that they, that he was uh, um, almost like a larger than life figure, mm-hmm. like right? If Where they you're missed young the and, World Series years. Yeah. So yeah. then you, now you're young and you're seeing this this guy and he's this giant on the mound and he just pitches at such a, an incredible level. And he had, there's just so much about him that is um, uh, so much of his about his persona that was admirable at the time that that it you are unabat, unafraid of, of having like that kind of childish hero worship. Um, but I think that that the hero worship thing is easy to scoff at and, and or maybe attribute it to youth and say like okay if you're if you were 12 and he was winning the Cy Young you're gonna you're gonna view him differently than you were 22, which is obviously true. But I think the thing that we've seen in the last couple of days and the, the outpouring of, of not only just emotion, but like like just complete admiration, um, like unchecked admiration from 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 the people who covered him, people who covered him for a long time, people who covered him for a short time, people who covered him from a distance, people who, who covered him only when he was at his best and the people who remember him when he was at his worst, it it. it the, the the gloves came off so to speak or the the no cheering in the press box thing like there was obviously that the, this is the kind of person that even in in, in his reserved um kind of not necessarily the the friendly not the, not not that he wasn't friendly but he wasn't there to to yuck it up and 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 carry on and and play grab ass in the clubhouse with the with, <laughs> with the reporters or whatever yeah, yeah. he he was there and he was all business but just the way that people responded to him it, to me, it's just so much. Like again, Tyler Kepner wrote that wrote something that was really you know passionate in um, in the New York Times. Jordan Bastian wrote an amazing story that was on on MLB dot com. He whipped it up that story. I swear, in an hour and a half, it was it was it was one of the first ones I read. But it was so so well done, uh, just because everything about him was a. And I, I tried to get at this in the thing that I wrote, but it was just like it's just so rare to see someone who is so. Um, excellent at something, but also someone who works so hard to be excellent that so many of us are lazy in our lives and do things half-assed and do things well enough and we don't 
um, you know, so rarely do we invest all of who we are into anything. And when you see that, and then you see the results, and you see someone who who becomes the thing that they aspire to be, it makes. And I think you you touched on this as well. And in, 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 that might have been the thing you wrote for Vice as well. That like, there's just something ab- about his ongoing and 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 uh, exceedingly competent way of living that that it you can't help but take your hat off. And then and then the reality of him being just such a decent person and working to be a good person and and working with young pitchers. I mean, you know, Daniel Norris had an amazing story and everybody's got a story. Stroman and all, all these guys that, that maybe didn't play with him, you know, the stories that would go back when 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 the Jays asked if, if they should go after Papelbon and he, you know, just kind of or he was he was providing <laughs> yeah. just, there was somebody who was saying that he was when he was in the National League, he was feeding the Jays when they would play interleague. He That's was right. feeding them uh scouting reports of NL teams. I mean, so so you have this incredible admirable um, work ethic that that i know i god i know i don't have it i'm not i work ethic is not something i've just to, so to see it and to see the, him it, it pay dividends and that he was successful on the field he was very handsomely paid um and he and then now in in in, in his base retired baseball life he saw a, a, a guy who seemed very happy um and then you've got uh you know you've got all these other parts of it i mean you just don't get that combination that often and and, wow. and for him to again so he, it's almost like he was a larger than life figure and and i think that again just the 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 way that the the, the tribute sort of rolled in they just speak so highly to um to just how respected he was and 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 that's what makes it so difficult it makes it difficult and i think the thing that now i'm at a certain age where where i'm at, uh you, this he there's this huge void in the lives of three mm-hmm. people very specifically like his two sons and his wife, who like you can't help, you know they'll never be the same, and and that is the one that I keep coming back to, um, because I'm old enough now that, that that's where my head gets to. It's not obviously I'm sad, but I'm sad for them, and I'm sad for the people, all the people who, who for whom he meant a lot, and uh, it's tough, it's tough. But but uh, there's just been so many wonderful things written about him, and so many amazing stories that have come out of it, um, that it's it's. It's good that people are sharing, I guess, and and like that people have been saying, emotions are good. So, it, it is good that that, people, that there's been this outpouring. Um, it helps us to to recognize what we have, I guess, when we've got it, right? Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I, I mean that's why it's such a a tragedy. I mean that's a word that gets thrown around and and uh, and, and a label that's used on things that maybe sometimes aren't. But yeah, like you say, you come back to thinking about uh, the wife and his, his wife and his two kids, and. You know, for me, you talk about the, the the discipline that he needed to be the person and the pitcher that he was to have seen in the last couple of years that he, you know, that the the shackles sort of came off when he was in his prob- his private life and and he's on social media, he's goofing on on a on a guy at the at the amusement park in a holiday jersey who doesn't recognize him and and mm-hmm. uh, and really seeming to enjoy the the so richly deserved fruits of everything that he worked for for all those years and then to have it taken away uh, like this is t- it's tough it's tough and and you know. Uh, yeah, for 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 everybody that's close to him, it's uh, it, it, you know you can't say enough how 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 awful it is. But the the remembrances have to you know not be as much a downer. Have been have been really nice, and and I think you're you're bang on about how 
amazing it is that everybody has a story that that uh, that just far and wide. Uh, you know, I it was so tough when he was traded from the Blue Jays to Philadelphia. But you think about the the giddiness of of Phillies fans when that happened. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're getting Halliday. I mean, it was it was like you say, like he was larger than life. Um, and for, and for good reason. There were just, I mean. You know, the I think the A.J. Burnett game when he returned, that's one that I always come back to. I mean, there's so many games. There's, he was just so clinical and so uh, and so great. And, you know, just those short outings. And uh, it was so awesome for so long. Uh, and unflappable and all that. But, but yeah, in the, in the circus that was that Burnett game, was uh, it was an incredible thing to watch that. Uh, as, as A.J. sort of, you know, you we're of the of the side of the coin i guess that uh that maybe doesn't believe as much in the the narratives and the and the momentums and and all those things that are sort of like old hackneyed sports clichés but uh i don't know it felt like aj cracked under that pressure and and doc was just out there through a roy holiday game you know struck out six or five or whatever it was but when a complete game gave up five hits and no walks um and it's just you knew it was remarkable at the time. You knew it was remarkable when he left, when he retired. And you know today, and uh, it, it, it's just, uh, it's just a, it's, it's a sad reminder of that thing that that you always knew in the back of your head about how great he was, and and it's going to be sad when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame and he's not there to to you know make a speech, and it's going to be sad when he's you know goes up on the level of excellence, which I'm sure the Jays are going to do, though, and though lots of people are are already questioning the current front offices. Uh, I shouldn't get into this, but I can't help myself there, you know, uh, how much they care, which I think is obviously horseshit. Um, and, you know, should we talk statues? Are we going to get rid of Uncle Ted already? I, Uncle Ted's not going to care. He doesn't need, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't know which way the stadium was when he was standing at, like at the fucking uh, foot of the tower there. Uh, there's a lot, there's a big lump of bronze that can be, uh, much better repurposed, I think. Without uh, defending the existing statue, I think that you could add to the statue collection without, uh, like, there, there's, it's a zero sum. You know, you, you can have more than one, frankly. And if they, the one is there, um, you know, our opinions on it are well known. Um, so if they were to add another, that would be great. Uh, James and Tio, who is a valuable member of the uh, Blue Jays online uh, Twitter community. Um, season ticket holder. He's got great seats. He made a great point too. I can see Yunel um, Escobar's eye black, I believe. Yeah, that, that's very true with his camera. Yeah. Um, uh, he made a great point, though. You know, of course, the Phillies come to town this year. Um, mm. So, and, and you, you yourself was like, uh, you know, unveil the statue or unveil the level of excellence, whatever it is that day, um, which is a great idea. Uh, James Ito did did have a great idea, which was which uh, he made a very strong point, which was like make sure. That the family is uh, on board with that. Yes, obviously it's a, it's an insanely difficult time for them. Um, there's never going to be a good time, but uh, you know, obviously, I think everything needs to move at their pace. Um, and I'm sure that the Blue Jays front office and the Phillies front office and uh, uh, they'll they'll you know I know well I I believe that in her in their time in well I know in, in their time in Toronto you know the holidays um did a ton of, of of charity work they did a ton of work with the with the team with the community so i'm sure that some uh, some folks from from the blue jays are still um pretty close or hopefully close with uh with brandy Halliday, and they can um 
you know, they can move at her pace and, and the pace of the of the boys when they make the decisions of what they what they want to do. Because I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll they'll seek to honor, uh, you know, the one of the if not the best player to ever wear the jersey, then one of the two or three best players to ever wear the jersey. And, uh, and and again, an incredible and admirable um, member of the community in his time in Toronto, which, which I think another reason that maybe people love mm-hmm. him in Toronto, something we haven't talked about, is he stayed. He stayed twice. Did he not re-sign twice? I think so. Um, he definitely re-signed uh, once. And then, uh, of course, you know, and the exit. And, Par- and Parks even. Parks. Dustin Parks came out of the woodwork. Soulless ghoul, Dustin Parks. Soulless ghoul, Dustin Parks. Opportunistically bombed. No, his story was terrific. <laughs> of course it His was. story was, and, and he made a great point, which was, um, usually when when they leave, I mean, Carlos Delgado got booed when he returned to Toronto in a Mets jersey, um, which was improbable yeah, they, to me. I believe Parks and I were both there, yeah. yeah. I was there insane. too, and yeah. I, I was mad yeah. that there were a handful of morons who were booing, but nobody booed Halliday. No one begrudged him. They knew he was, it was, it was time for him to, to, to take that step and to, to move and to, to take those next challenges. And the challenge, of course, being the pathetic new, uh, National League East that he mowed down uh, <laughs> in spectacular fashion for two years, uh, and 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 uh, you know, again mowed down for two years and made the playoffs, and then of course the Giants happened. But um, I, I think another another testament to just the kind of um, uh, that larger than life persona was that that he only played for the Phillies for four years, and two of those years were one of the years he started a handful of games, and the other one he was 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 at the end of his career, like his shoulder was shot. So he only really had two good years in Philadelphia, but the Phillies fans, you know, he's as he meant as much to them as anybody. He's like Tug McGraw basically in terms of his stature within the, within the team and within Philadelphia. He wasn't even on the World Series team, but uh, but but the, he just um, obviously they took to him because he. How could you not? Yeah, Again, and, all, all the things we talked about, plus his amazing and the amazing performance on top of it. And, and uh, I I don't have the quote. I saw somebody. You know, we've seen so much stuff about this over the last couple of days. I saw somebody pull up a quote that he had said, you know, uh, and this was, I think this was maybe when they, you know, he retired a Blue Jay, they they signed him to the one-day contract. There was, was there not a thing, though, also where he, like, he wanted to pitch? He was, like, working out and was, like... He did. He, like, he threw that. back for the Jays. I don't think it was long before that, yeah. the day that he did that in spring training. He retired and, and they had that thing. It just came right out of nowhere, <laughs> but, um, but that, think, the retirement. Yeah, and I think some of the He reason- threw for them and he was throwing, like, 78 or something like that. He was throwing in the 70s. In that workout, and it was like they knew, and he knew that that, that was the end of the line because his shoulder was done. But, yeah. uh, but, um, uh, well, but yeah. I, I was just gonna say that you know, uh, I think it was from that where he said, you know, he just it was an it was an opportunity that he had to go and do this thing and try to compete for a World Series, and and always felt like he was a Blue Jay the whole time, which I think is some one thing that really irks people, and I will say rightly so, even though I don't like how a lot of the conversation goes about this front office, but but uh, rightly so about how they they fucking made him apply for a job. I, I don't. I I even as like the grand defender of these people, I don't understand that for the life of me. Uh, but yeah, and I think that's what endeared him so much uh, mm-hmm. to people when he came back is because they. I think they. I think they understood that, uh, and they understood that it wasn't that he didn't want to be here. It was that he wanted to be somewhere where he could win and that it wasn't going to happen. Uh, but one other thing, uh, we to take a step back, I think you're absolutely right about everything uh, having to go at, you know, at, at his family's pace and, and, uh, and, and go, you know, uh, any celebrations, any honors, you know, really have to run through them. And I think that's absolutely 
completely right and and respectful except for i uh, I would say one thing which is uh we can do a a, like a disco demolition night of the ted rogers statue Uh, (laughs) just in the middle of the park we'll blow it up we'll uh we'll get people you can bring in your rogers bill you can bring in any rogers branded stuff just put it at, at the bottom of the statue and then when we'll blow we blow it up and uh and then we can repurpose that bronze for a for a real statue fair enough I think that's the way to do it. Uh, does that mean we get ten cent beers as well? <laughs> Giddy up, let's do it. So, <laughs> dollar beers. Um, I, I, you made a good. You, you've just touched on something that, that I found so interesting, and and that is um, that that connection that he that he had with the team, even though even after he left, and it almost like he had like a sense of duty, and I and you can't help but wonder if you know he he requested a trade and the time came and it was and, and Anthopoulos his first act as general manager was to was to make that move for Halliday or with Halliday um but it just it definitely seemed that he had almost like a sense of duty and, and he um again he wow. so, so much so much that he gave them one team that he would accept a trade to. well no but he's <laughs> got to do what's right for him yes, right i had to and and we've we've had you and i we've been around long enough now that we have we've this is the second time we've had these discussions and you know in, in like half a decade or mm-hmm. however long it was but it was the it was the stuff and i don't remember who it was that pointed it out it was somebody on twitter and again there's been so much of this but it was the quotes that people were getting from from him in 2015 and 2016. Now, there's 2015 in particular. He said, I would have, you know, yeah, I, I would yeah. have killed to have a team like this when I was here. And, and he used uh, he used the word we. He was talking about how we would, we, I would love for we, that we could, whatever it said, like we would be, we'd be playing, for the, playing for the titles or whatever he said. It was just amazing. Um, it was just such a telling quote that that, um, that, that love was, was uh, you know, the, the love that, that has been shown um, by Blue Jays fans and, and baseball fans as a whole, Blue Jays fans in particular, um, that that there's a there's a chance that maybe you know he he was there not maybe not to return the love but but he loved to be a Blue Jay and it was the organization that that stuck with him and the organization the only one he knew again drafted as a high school pitcher um, so it, I mean, obviously it was uh, you know it, it just it all helps to inform the way that that people have um, have reacted because I I, I mean I, I don't want to ever see anything like it again but I can't. Um, just the way that that it just it was universal the the the, the reactions the the uh, you know not not a disparaging word that I've seen just everyone feeling the same things in in their own ways which is uh, again there's just been so much written and so many incredible things um, that people have, have had to say to him um, you know Dirk Hayhurst just to, to you know wrote something real short but it, you know almost like a little poem and just talking about how he, he was his hero and this was a guy that you know he shared the clubhouse with and and that uh kind of watch him from afar and uh, there was an article in the lo- my lo- old local newspaper about from pete Orr, who played with him um with the phillies and the, his his story that he told in the new market banner or whatever the new market paper is called uh where he he struck up a conversation with Halliday in spring training one year. He was nervous, and this, and this at this point, Pete, God, he would have been. Well, he was drafted in like 1998 or something like that. So I mean, he was. <laughs> yeah, Pete Orr was, this, is currently 75 years old. Yeah. Well, hey, easy, easy. He's he's not that old. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, is he, so he would have been younger than you. I'm sorry. No, he actually he is younger than me. Yeah. Uh, no, but he the, when this would have happened, when they would have been playing together in Philadelphia. Uh, Pete was 10 years into his career, you know, not the bulk of that in the minor leagues, but he had plenty of uh, of 
of big league service time at this point. And he had to work up the guts to go and talk to Roy Halladay. And eventually he was like, hey, I'm from Toronto. <laughs> and then they got to talking and they played together. And he said in this, the, uh, the anecdote that he shared in the, in the New Market Banner was that he pinch hit for Halliday in one of his starts. And Pete went up and hit a line drive and made it out. And the guy came back and Halliday says to him, nice swing. And, uh, and it was just something that is interesting to me or, uh, that, he, that he, you know, he, uh, it stuck with, with, uh, with Pete Orr. And so then he said after he, he said, Can you, I would love if you would sign this jersey for me. It's for me. And then, so Halliday told him, okay, well, let's give me some time with it because I want to make sure that it's like, it's good. It's the right thing. And then Orr says that it didn't come back for a month. He didn't get it. He was like, God damn it. Like, this sucks. He's not going to sign it. And then Halliday was like, oh, no, no. And he brought it up. He brought it to him. He didn't have to ask him for it again. And he produced it. And he had written like a really personal, you know, kind of greeting on the jersey that he signed for him. And then it's, you know, this guy, again, who's, Played the big leagues for a long time, got a ton of uh, ton of at bats, been around the game his whole life, and this is something that that obviously means a ton to him. And that's a very similar to the to Dan Heron's story. Dan Heron was the one that you were searching for his name earlier, right. where Dan Heron said he has like five signed jerseys, and one of them was from Halliday. And he said he says Halliday liked to watch me pitch. I couldn't believe it, and uh, it just seems like that's the, the kind of guy he was, right? He, he's he, uh, and I've said it again. He's kind of the the sort of person in a lot of ways that we wish that we could be. It, um, that we, yeah. I, I wish that I could be as good and as hardworking and as uh, as as contented as he seemed to be, uh, of, of course, before uh, before this week. Yeah, I well, I wish more of my my fictional children to be like. I mean, I'm a lost I'm a lost cause. I don't I don't wish I could be that hardworking or or charitable or dedicated or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it is it, it's it's stunning when you start to think of the adjectives uh, just just. Adjectives not 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 even remotely neutral, not not a hint of negativity to any of these things. You know, he's just you know just a, a loving dad. Everybody loves you know people talking about mm-hmm. it and lighting up when they would talk about his kids and there's all this charity work. You know, hard working like nobody else and, and and overcoming the adversity and being so successful and so incredibly talented. I mean, you just you go down the list. It, it's just like. It's a laundry list of everything that is the best thing that people can be, and it's it's uh, it's remarkable. It's really it's really stunning. And like I say, I'm a lost cause, but my fictional children uh, they could do a hell of a lot worse. My thing, my I feel bad for my children because I'm their dad, so they're already <laughs> lost causes as well. Like it's just you know trickle down economics. They're just not going to get there. Um, but one. I don't, again, I don't. I wish I could credit the source, but someone talked about how um, there wasn't. There doesn't. There never seemed to be after again because his career ended at 36, and he was it basically it was over at 34, let's say. Um, but there didn't seem to be a lot of regrets, and I think that comes back to um, it would be hard. For, it's hard for there to be regret when you've you've put so much into something and ended up getting so much out of it. Like you know, it's it's a matter of satisfaction and. and it, I don't want to presume too much, but it seems like that was sort of where he was. And I think that is a, a, an amazing uh, legacy to take forward and an amazing um, uh, uh, mindset that, that we can all learn from. And that is, you know, or that uh, maybe again, your fictional children and my, my actual children to impress upon them that that value of, 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 of getting and deriving satisfaction from what you do and knowing that you gave your all and knowing that you put, you put the work in and, and, and seeing the, the fruits of that labor and see what, what happens when you 
you know, the good things that come when you, when you try, when you learn and when you listen and when you, when you absorb and when you just make an effort to do well, um, that it, that your life benefits from it. And, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully that it's that kind of strength and that kind of, um, humility and that kind of, um, those kind of values that, uh, that his kids have, cause they're, they're going to need that strength. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just hope that, um, again, they're, I just feel for them. I feel for them. And, and cause that's a, again, larger than life. You talk about larger than life character. Now that's a larger than life whole, uh, larger than life piece of their lives that is, uh, that's gone unfortunately so let's without getting too grim we don't want to get too grim and and, and um, i'll ask you for maybe your favorite on field uh roy halliday memory i don't know if you maybe already offered it but uh but I'll, I'll hit you with that you know besides batista hitting the home run off him when he came back that was pretty great that was, that was pretty great no doubt um no i you know what i uh, I, I am gonna. My feeble mind is not. It's not great for shit like this. And a lot of them run together. But the, you know, just even just this week, seeing that the picture of of AJ Burnett looking into the dugout during that game. I mean, that game was just so fun. I I, I loved it. I mean, it was. Uh, he was so much more than that, obviously. Uh, but yeah, that was that was really that's one that really stands out. And I. I What's odd to me is that one of my one of my clearest memories of him because the 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 period from about two thousand two to you know a couple weeks ago is a little foggy for me, uh, but uh, but one of the clearest memories was like him getting lit up because it was just so odd and so rare. I remember people getting mm-hmm. getting very upset about uh, uh, there was a there was like a little spell. I forget if it was two thousand seven two thousand eight. Where he had a couple weeks where, you know, there were like three like three blow ups in the span of five starts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was against Boston uh, that I could that I can remember. And it was I don't know if he had, if he you know very briefly was tipping his pitches or what or what the hell was going on for it was just luck. Um, it's probably that stupid changeup. God damn that he never got the changeup right here, and then he went to the National League and he just turned it into such a weapon. Sorry. It, no, it it could very well have been that. I don't. I don't remember well, but I, I, but you know what makes that stand out for me, in addition to it being so clear in my memory, uh, apart from you know the visiting team and then you know who was who was batting and what precisely happened. Uh, I have a vague impression of it in my mind, which for me is about as good as you're going to get. Uh, but what I think is 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 adorable about that, uh, if I do say so myself, is that it's, it's, yeah, no, it's I mean it was just so fucking rare. Uh, that he that 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 could possibly happen. It seemed impossible that that the great Roy Halladay would would have a run like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember, you know, as is my as is my want, as is the thing I do uh, more more then than now uh, was commenting and chirping back and forth with morons who were concerned about him and and just being you know being aghast at the idea. That these that anybody would think that there could be something wrong, and of course he went and was Roy Halladay very quickly afterwards, and continued to be Roy Halladay. I mean, uh, and then of course now I have to, to you will I'm sure uh, do a much better job uh, of answering the same question as I turn it to you. Well, before, something I didn't I didn't remember this, but you mentioned that that Bautista game 
uh, or that that home run that Jose Bautista hit off him. It was I, I remember I thought it was Canada Day, but it was actually the day after. But yes. they were wearing the red uh, uniforms. What I didn't remember about that game was uh, Halliday went. Yeah, he threw a complete game. <laughs> he threw a complete game in that in, in that day. He gave he up did. eight hits. He gave up eight hits and three runs. But he they the Phillies won five three. Uh, Bautista hit a home run. Eric Thames had two hits that day. Um, but he had also had eight strikeouts. So it, I mean, it's been it's been four years since he retired, and I think he's still is he still the leader in complete games since nineteen ninety eight. Like nobody gets complete games anymore. Something like it's, that. It's, like it's uh, it's it's yeah. quite absurd. Um, but there's a game. So there was that game. I think it was the one. There's a a game that I saw people sharing a lot, which was the one hitter against the Yankees, where where they were just like without hope. I think the Dallas team may have referenced this, this that, that started in his piece for Sportsnet, where like it was just like a joke that no, they couldn't barely couldn't get the ball in the outfield, and there was like one dribbler that made its way through the infield, but everyone else they were just hopeless. Um, and I, I, that was, you know, I believe it was Mark Teixeira was having some good quotes about how, like, it, it, he kind of talked about the concept of tunneling and how, and that was one of the things that made Roy Halladay so great um, as a pitcher was was that the pitch, everything comes through the same little tunnel and then it, they all go in, like, up whatever direction he felt they needed to at that particular moment. There was the cutter and the sinker and then the big curve and then the changeup that came a lot, came along more when he got, you know, when he went to Philadelphia, but uh, he just made him so tough to hit and, um, and so that started against the the Yankees, like just completely destroyed them. There was a start against the Angels when it, when it was for there, there was the one thing for that Halliday was that he never he didn't strike out that many guys for a lot of the time. And right towards the end, I believe it was probably his last year in Toronto. Uh, the strikeouts started to come, and then in and then in in the National League, the strikeouts just they just fall in your lap. But he, I think he struck out fourteen Angels one night. Uh, like when Tory Hunter was on the team, and he was just so insane, he was just breaking their bats, and and then Tory Hunter had this amazing quote after the game about him like doing surgery. He was like, "That was like surgery." Roy Halladay did surgery on us today, and he just like <laughs> just so completely picked them apart. And it was to me that that quote was really great. I remember that start. I remember um, an opening day start against the Tigers. I think that might have been 2007, and when B.J. Ryan came in and then blew it because he was at the end of it was the bj ryan thing had just come to a, a bit of a crashing halt that would, or um, it was about to yeah it was about to that so was like had, the year we were, back after after Tom yeah John, i think yeah yeah that's what it was it was must have went up in 2008 then or nine i don't know but anyway he started and we were like supremely confident talking trash to a bunch of tigers fans um but only after you know holiday had left the game that that it, it went out of uh he he, he um it went away uh, another thing that I remember really well, and I think I saw Finley was was referencing this, or she has many times as well, was the after the Adam Lind when Adam Lind hit three home runs against the uh, against the Red Sox in like the end of the year, and then everyone was like, oh, well, and Holiday started the next game and like promptly beaned David Ortiz, and like I think everyone was in shock that he did it. Um, <laughs> I remember that uh, that just like the putting it right between the numbers uh, on David Ortiz and and just uh, and then. Uh, that that the playoff start uh, for the Phillies oh, the, unbelievable. through a no hitter, um, just incredible. Again, like just you know, uh, Joey Votto had some great quotes about like uh, like well, I don't know why we even bothered tonight. We probably just stood left the bat in the bat rack and just like walked up and stood and then walked away. Just uh, yeah, just an incredible an incredible pitcher. And the only one thing I ne- the negative thing I remember, but just the way that 
coming down to the trade deadline and when the when Rodgers kept milking it, being like, "Is this going to be his last start?" Like there were probably four in a row that they they kept rhetorically asking that question in promoting the games, which was drove me insane. But uh, uh, I don't remember his last start as a Blue Jay uh, offhand. But um, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Those, those are a bunch. Those are a I, bunch. Of, uh, I have one. I mean, this is not a Roy Halladay memory so much, but, but speaking, I've been looking up this. There was a run, 2007, where there were like four starts where his earned runs were like nine, seven, zero, and then seven again. But the mm-hmm. the, the the last of those ones uh, at the Rogers Center uh, gave up four in the third, four in the fourth, uh, and then the Jays scored six in the ninth to win 12-11 on a walk-off walk, I believe. Uh, yeah, walk off, walk. Aaron Hill walked. Matt Stairs scored. I believe that's one where uh, <laughs> your friend and mine, Dustin Parks, and I were probably uh, extremely drunk because I think people left very early, and we ended up sitting very close uh, and really felt a part of that win. Uh, but again, not a not a holiday memory, except in that he was bad, which is which is completely <laughs> inappropriate of me. Uh, though also, and you were, you were talking about the the Yankees there. I also pulled up because there was a, a uh, there was a New York Times profile of him by Alan Schwartz in two thousand nine. Uh, I don't know why I just uh, I pulled this up at random because I was looking for stuff that I'd written about Halliday in the old days, which I cannot find anymore for some strange reason. Hmm. Uh, a lot of what I've written about the Blue Jays from say two thousand eight to two thousand. 14 was uh, mysteriously hard to find on, on the on the internet, but uh, one of the quotes in the uh, in the piece from 2009 probably uh, not 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 connected to what you were talking the the game about the Yankees you were talking about is Ra- Raul Ibanez uh, says he's definitely got the best stuff that I've seen. I'd put him right up there with Pedro in 1999. His sinker and cutter they're going in completely opposite directions. Uh, if you guess right, it doesn't mean you hit it because he locates them so well. And if he was in New York or Boston, uh, fans would know about him. But in baseball circles, he's the best. That uh, there's a when I remember. So maybe the a lot of people who are listening probably don't remember. But there was a there was a website that I wrote for. It's called Walk Off Walk. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. It was kind of born out of the Deadspin comments um, back when people did that uh, commented on Deadspin and didn't just tweet. And when uh, you know, not that. Anyway, it was the early days of Deadspin, and then they it launched uh, Walk Off Walk, and it was run by two great guys, Rob Irkane, who we've mentioned more than once on this show, who's surely a, listening, who listens, yeah, he yeah. listens, he will be listening uh, uh, at some point, and uh, Chris Liakos, who's a who's a great dude. Rob's a Yankees fan, uh, and Chris uh, is a Red Sox fan. And I remember when I first sort of joined the site, and we would have our little G chats or however we were talking, and. Or, 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 or even early on, I, I. You're on ICQ back then. What was that? Yeah, basically, yeah. No AOL Messenger. Yeah. yeah, the door, the door opening sound, and then, <laughs> like the knock, the, the footsteps. Um, I made some comment about Holiday, and I ex- expected, you know, more like a partisan reaction, like, oh, you know, Red Sox fan, Yankees fan, and they are both, both, you know, independent of each other, but at the same time, we're like, oh no, I love that guy. Like, how can you not love Holiday? He's amazing. He's amazing to watch, and. You know, for that to kind of break through to to fans and 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 people just, um, you know, he just had that had that res- he he earned that respect 
um, as we've as we've kind of beat over the head and just said <laughs> a million times. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter this week say, "Yeah, he's the, he's the last guy, he's the last guy I hated because he beat my team and not because he's racist or beats his wife or something." <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, yeah, no, I guess the, those guys are, you know, yeah. I don't I don't hate guys who beat my team so much anymore either. I I tend more to hate the guys who are racist or beat their wives uh, as well. So I, I and sometimes both. Uh, but yeah, no. So I don't know. I don't know what else. What else we can say? We're go, we're still going to do a super bad this week. We'll talk more other stuff. But uh, I don't know. There's just we could go. We could keep going. We could talk for an hour about about um, about him. We could talk about the way that people have reacted to him. But I think I think we're I think we've done we've done pretty well. I just uh, hope, I just feel it's hmm? so. It, I mean, it, 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 his stature is just so large that everybody knows. Everybody knows, right? I mean, it's it wasn't a thing where. You had to tell anybody why this guy mattered. It's mm-hmm. just you know anybody who followed the game. Uh, you know, maybe Jeff Perlman you had to tell, but other than him, uh, <laughs> what is that all about? Really? Uh, no, I, I think you know. What did he used to like? He would throw. He had like the strike zone divided into squares. Throw to each square. Were you ever, uh, Joe, was, he, was he gone by the time you were going into the? Uh... Yes, yes, and no. So I, I may have, I know I've written it somewhere, yeah, but yeah, or but I, I've definitely. So when I started going into the clubhouse and and doing like being the boy reporter thing, he was obviously gone. So it was probably 2012, and the Phillies came to town, but Halliday, Roy Halliday was hurt. So I was early in those days. I didn't really like pay. I didn't know how things worked. Um, but he wasn't going to pitch, so I whatever. So I was running, you know, the where where you come to go by the visitors' clubhouse. You, you kind of come out and underneath where the um, where the visitors' dugout is. So there's like a big gap, is a big area where the clubhouse is on the right hand side, and then there's a gym, like a workout facility that's on the left, sort of underneath the seats, kind of closer to home plate. And I was rushing because we were going to shoot something with somebody. I don't know who we ended up talking to that day. Probably nobody. And I just sort of was like rushing and I kind of had my head down. And then somebody was like walking in front and I, I was like running and I kind of slammed on the brakes because I didn't want to cut them off. And I looked up and it was him. It was Roy Halladay. And he was like stalking between the gym and the clubhouse. And he was so big. And the <laughs> one thing I remember from watching him on TV was he's so tall. And like I I've, I know I've said this a lot of times. But like my dad's really tall. So in order to be tall in my mind you have to be taller than my dad and even though Roy Halladay is about the same height as my dad he just because my my dad smoked a pack a day for like 30 years and like worked at a desk so he didn't quite have the same stature as Roy Halladay who worked out every morning of his life so he just kind of went by and he was so big and the one thing I always remember from his starts was he had those giant fucking feet like his shoes always looked like he had like size 50 shoes big feet like spanned the whole rubber um, so he just walked by and he was so big and I was like, ah, and I had to slam on the brakes and, and like, look, and he just kind of looked at me and kept on walking and I was like, holy shit. And that's when I knew that it was like, this was so weird. It was so weird that I was here. And then he went out and he stretched with the team and it was probably like maybe one of the first two or three things I ever posted on Instagram was like a picture I surreptitiously took with my fucking <laughs> Motorola razor of Roy Halladay stretching on the, on the field of the Rogers center. Cause it blew my mind that, that he was there. But, uh, and then the day that he came back, I, I, I've again I mentioned this a few times. Um, 
and it was a, well, obviously it was the last time that I saw him in person. I've only seen him a couple of times, and other than watching him pitch, but the day he showed up, opening day in, on 2014, and he um, he uh, he came and threw out the first pitch. Um, he had retired, you know, as we talked about, and he showed up, and it was the first game of it was the first time that Masahiro Tanaka pitched for the Yankees. So it was a zoo. There was a fucking million. Uh, uh, media there there was Japanese media everywhere press box was like f- overflowing such that I was literally in the auxiliary press box so Halliday came out and he stood oh, there and his an auxiliary uh, press box fucking garbage. oh my god I don't know why I bothered I couldn't even see that so I was because <laughs> I was writing about Tanaka and I was like almost kind of tracking his pitches so I was having to crane my neck to look at this TV because I could see you know figure out what pitch he was throwing on the TV you can't tell from Above the From above like the bullpen the, in like left the field, CFL or whatever. Press box, right? It's like yeah. yeah, you're at midfield for the Argos, but it's but you're somewhere out in fucking left field, yeah. So it was weird to watch the game there. Obviously, it was great to watch. It was fun to watch Tanaka. But uh, so when Halliday was wandering out on the field before the game, and he did a press scrum, and I kind of again took a little picture of him standing there. And again, he to me he looked skinny. He looked skinnier than I would have expected because I guess he had been like, I don't have to lift every weight in the world anymore. And he just kind of relaxed a little bit. Um, and I made many jokes about his jeans. He had terrible jeans on. I'm like, dude, you got lots of money. You need better jeans than that. But uh, so then I went back to the press box and I wrote all about Tanaka. And I was there for a, like late, you know, being that kind of guy. And then they have they have. Um, leaf blowers you know that they go in yeah, after the game yeah. and they blow all the dirt all the garbage out of the aisles and stuff so they're blowing blowing leaf blowers and they're shutting everything down <clears throat> and then who comes wandering out onto the field but roy halliday and brandy halliday and his two sons and they came wandering out on the field and this was like probably close to midnight and they walk out on the field and I, i'm like what the fuck is going on and i'm just sort of sitting there and i don't know who no i no obviously nobody's in the left in the auxiliary press box but uh and he and they he brought his kids out and he walked right up to the mound and he stood on the mound and he like pretended to throw a couple pitches and then he made his kids run and like touch the center field fence like he made them do do sprints <laughs> and he just stood up there and he like fa- like threw a couple phantom pitches and I, I couldn't believe it and then and then he left and then he, he his kids had backpacks and like just kid shit and he's collecting it all up and he's wandering off and he's carrying all these bags and he's got one kid probably on his arm and the other ones running around in circles because they've been drinking coke out of the out of the, the the, the press box or out of the, <laughs> right. the luxury box all night long. And uh, it was just, again, that was, it was a moment where, where he was a, a very much a regular guy. And again, he and I are really close in age. And I just, uh, even now, even that moment, he was, he was, he was very regular, but he was obviously not, he was still so much larger than life. And, and, and I, I felt it when I, when I, when he was down on the field and then uh, when I was down there with him and, you know, those, those two kind of, um, experiences are sort of you know juxtaposed juxtaposed against each other but uh i don't know it just it it was the first thing i thought of again when the news came through and uh it's uh it's tough and again uh, uh, everything you know feel for feel for the family feel for those two uh those two young boys but uh it's uh i don't know it's messed up but the, it was it was fun that was something that was fun to see but uh still makes it uh makes it real to me in a way that i wouldn't have expected it to uh, on tuesday when i was at my desk like a dope tissues up my nose and stuff like that but uh but yeah i don't know that's it that's all i got i can't believe we almost got through the podcast and you hadn't told all that oh well, that's, 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 <laughs> well here we are that's, that's good i mean i'd seen you i'd seen you tweet about it uh about the the, the phantom pitches but no that was outstanding mm-hmm. that's a wonderful note to end on awesome all right well uh well thank you everybody um i hope that 
you had fun listening to this, if, if nothing else. And uh, I, I hope that uh, uh, I know that uh, no, I think I saw something today, November 17th. If you happen to be in Florida in November, I think they're doing something at the Phillies, um, uh, like a public remembrance at the Phillies spring training facility in Clearwater, Florida. And of course, um, anything that the Jays decide to do, um, Stoughton will let you know at BlueJaysNation.com. Uh, Stoughton, thank you. Thank you for the wonderful things you wrote this week. You did a great job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I wish I didn't have to. Yeah, well, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, uh, thanks everybody. Uh, again, the Super Bad will be there for the Patreon um, supporters. Uh, and everybody else will be back with a regular show again next week. Your thing was wonderful too. Bye.